0: Welcome to the podcast we call Soul Chaser, featuring stories from the book by the same name, Soul Chaser. This is Jordan Rich, and by my side is author Lauren Decker. We want to spend time with you today at soul level, awakening our spirits to the simple and beautiful idea that God is love and love is everywhere.
1: I saw this once before.
0: in a dance.
1: Love is everywhere. Mm, love is everywhere.
0: And now, today's installment of Soul Chaser.
1: Hello again, everyone. I'm Jim Deering with another of Lauren Paul Decker's stories here on Soul Chaser, the podcast. Stories with a purpose. Here's a Bible verse for today from the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, verse 3. For as Saul, he made havoc of the church. Today's story is called Damascus. The first few stones missed their mark. It was almost as if no one had the stomach to carry out the execution. Each hurled missile flew wide and high past the kneeling man named Stephen. He was praying, that was obvious. His face was serene, a sharp contrast to the menacing looks of his executioners. Is nobody able to do this thing? a voice that belonged to Saul, the ringleader, who was in charge of this deadly affair. Anybody going to hit the target? Do I have to do it myself? Up until this moment, Saul, of the Order of the Sanhedrin, had been holding the cloaks of the mob, who stood around the doomed man at the top of the temple terrace, Saul had charged a hefty fee for each man who wanted to have a part in the execution. They had seemed eager enough to pay for the privilege, and yet now they appeared hesitant. With a sigh, Saul tossed the coats aside and picked up a rock. Marching closer, he stood about fifteen feet from the condemned man. Without a second thought, Paul released a savage throw. It found its mark in a sickening thud. The force of the rock knocked Stephen down into the dust. The blood flowed from the deep gash that opened above his ear. Seeing that, the tidal wave of evil crested in the heart of each man. One by one, the rocks began to find their mark as the dying man became sport to the killers. Saul, back at his perch with the cloaks, fingered the coins in his pocket, and smiled. This was a strategic execution. Stephen had been a leader in the renegade religious movement called The Way. Their growing numbers offended the keen Jewish dogma that Saul espoused. The Way claimed that Jesus of Nazareth was the fulfillment of the scriptures, the prophesied Messiah. The Way claimed that after his crucifixion, he had laid in a borrowed tomb for three days. The common punchline amongst his followers went something like this, he only borrowed the grave because he wasn't going to need it for long. Saul bristled at the very thought, looking at the corpse of the dead man, Lying where he fell in the bloody dust, he mused, Are you going to rise up too? I doubt that. And with a chuckle, he mounted his horse and rode away. He went straight to his favorite tavern, where the talk was plentiful and the drink flowed freely. Saul was a bit of a local celebrity in this kind of environ. The area Jews appreciated his efforts to quell the ranks of the upstart sunday worshipers even the romans allowed him free reign in dealing with the christ followers the last thing governing rome wanted was a religious firestorm pitting passionate factions against each other this kind of thing had happened in the past with deadly results zealots of the jewish faith had attacked soldiers of the roman army on numerous occasions as far as saul was concerned Jesus of Nazareth was just another misguided enemy of Rome and the Jewish power structure. Rome and Zion would both like an end to the growing group of Christians as they had become known. And Saul was their man to bring down the final curtain on the sect. No one was safe from his deadly pursuits, not if they believed that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Women, children, the elderly, all were fair game. Now Saul had some more momentum. The stoning of Stephen had taken out a ringleader of the church, and surely there would be those who were now frightened. We are driving them underground and into oblivion, Saul announced a group of men at the bar where he stood, just like their misguided Messiah. Underground, and soon to be forgotten. Hearty laughter rose from the men and carried out the windows and into the night. There are a growing number of the followers of the way in Damascus, Saul read in the report the next day with interest. A messenger stood in the doorway of the small apartment that Saul had rented in Jerusalem. He used it as his headquarters but he was rarely there. Now it appeared that the ancient city of Damascus would be his next raid. Saul summoned a few of his trusted men, and together they headed for Syria. It would take some time to reach their destination, but their spirits were high, and the miles disappeared behind them quickly. They were close to the border, when Saul sensed something was wrong, HE HEARD SOMETHING FIRST, A BUZZING, OR A HUM. IT WAS ALMOST MUSICAL. THE AFTERNOON AIR BECAME SUDDENLY ALIVE WITH FLYING CREATURES, BEINGS OF GREAT STRENGTH AND BEAUTY. THEY FLEW CLOSE TO THE MEN, BUT SAUL NOTICED THAT HIS FELLOW TRAVELERS WERE LOOKING STRAIGHT AHEAD, SEEMING NOT TO NOTICE THE HEAVENLY INVASION. He was just about to speak when one of the creatures shoved him from his mount and sent him sprawling onto the dusty road. As he scrambled to his feet, Saul heard a voice like thunder calling his name. "'Yes,' he managed to reply. He looked to where the voice had come from, and there stood a man like none other. He stood head and shoulders taller than Saul.' and he glowed with a white light that seemed to radiate from within. His eyes were like burning coals of fire, and his raiment was whiter than new-fallen snow. Saul collapsed in the road, speechless. His companions, looking back and seeing Saul on the ground, hurried to his aid. Saul, why are you persecuting me? The glowing man spoke in a whisper, but somehow, Who are you? Saul requested of the stranger. Even as he asked the question, he felt he knew the answer. I am Jesus, the very one whom you persecute, came the reply. You shall see no more until your spiritual eyes are opened, until you are ready to lead others to the light. You shall have to be led through the darkness. With that, the two men disappeared, taking the flying creatures and Saul's eyesight along with them. What happened? Can you see? One of Saul's men was speaking in his ear. Words were beyond his grasp as he shook his head and tried to rise to his feet. We must turn back, said another of the band of the men. ''No!'' shouted Saul. ''We will proceed on our mission.'' Reluctantly, the confused men aided Saul onto his horse, and the reins were fastened to the saddle of the lead rider. Saul said not a word for the rest of the journey. Arriving in the city of Damascus, he booked a room in a local inn and sat alone in the darkness.'' He answered no knocks upon his door. He ate nothing. In his misery, he could only think of one thing. The man on the Damascus road had claimed to be Jesus. The one that I had persecuted, Saul said aloud. Up until now, he had considered Christ followers to be the objects of his hate and violence. But Jesus had said it was him that I am hurting. Saul turned the thought over and over in his head. He settled one idea. If there was such a one who was so close to his devotees, then I want to follow the way, Saul announced to an empty room. If a being so powerful, so wonderful, as the one he had seen on the road, who knew him by name, if that one was the living God. Saul thought he would gladly trade all of his religious trappings and ceremonies just to know him. Jesus, help me find you. Saul breathed a simple prayer, but it felt like the first one he had ever said from his heart. Just then a knock came on his door. Paul a voice from the hallway carried to his ears wrong room saul answered i am saul not paul there was a hesitation outside the door and then no i have the right room and the name is correct jesus has sent me to you brother paul
0: This has been Soul Chaser. We hope this program has caused you to consider the vastness of God's love for you. Nothing is going to change that reality, but love can certainly change you. Remember, love is everywhere, and God is love. For more stories with a purpose, pick up a copy of Soul Chaser, Devotions to Anchor the Soul, available on our website, soulchaserbook.com, or find it at amazon.com this is Jordan Rich for Lauren Decker and Soul Chaser see you next time